Hard Truth of Tony Schaefer, powered by Six Hour, Never Settle. I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried the best. I still carry the best. Uh, the best is Six Hour. You should carry the best as well. Never settle. We're on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, also available on the America Out Loud Podcast Network. Check us out, Project Sentinel, ProjectSentinel.net, ProjectSentinel.com, and uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, and all those great social media sites. And so today, today we're being joined by uh, my friend uh, and colleague uh, who I uh, have admired and worked with and who helped protect me when I became a whistleblower, former congressman, former prosecutor, member of uh, the board of, of NRA, an all-round good egg, Bob Barr. Hey, Bob, welcome to the show. Tony, great to be with you and your listeners. Thank you. Well, uh, Bob, you know, I've got, Bob gave me years ago, uh, the meaning of the is, is, and, oh, oh Geez, what happened? Uh, I, a Bill Clinton condom fell out of it. I, how did you get that? I don't know how. Wow. Talking about uh, memory. So Bill, as, as many of you know, uh, led the effort to, to hold the president accountable. Uh, we can only say, Bob, looking back on it, man, uh, what an opportunity was missed by by not uh, not holding him accountable. I mean, I we could do a whole show on on the damage that his administration has done to this country long term by the the lawlessness that I don't think we fully understood back then. So, but thank you for joining us today. Certainly. And then uh, we're also joined by Lieutenant Colonel retired Tim Wilson. Tim is our uh, lead on uh, Second Amendment issues. He is. Uh, you're, you're going to understand today that he is from a nation not of the United States, but he is a United States citizen now. Correct? Is that is that right, Tim? Absolutely. And I still stick to I learned the Pledge of Allegiance. Before I learned, God save the Queen. That's right. And as we, we mentioned in the pre-show, uh, he was admitted to be a U.S. citizen because he actually has good teeth. So uh, that's another bonus, right? So, so you uh, say, Tony. Double so bonus. I know. I get in trouble every time I go to England and I say, are those your really are those really your teeth? So I, I don't do that. I try not to. So, well, let's roll right into it. So, Bob, we ask you here today because of several issues that have been playing out. One of them is this uh, governor in New Mexico. And uh, I never thought I'd see the day from any political party where a declaration would be made to deny law-abiding citizens who are not only law-abiding, they're actually issued, uh, well, I don't think you should have them because I believe in constitutional carry, but even those who are issued official documentation by the state of New Mexico saying they can conceal carry, to say you can't conceal carry for the interest of, quote unquote, getting guns off the street. And I'm going to say something obvious. Uh, you know, Bob, I know you I know you know this. You're a former federal prosecutor. I know Tim knows this, but maybe the governor doesn't understand. Um, governor Mich Michelle, uh, yeah, Lujan Grisham. Uh, Bob, is there any indication that criminals follow the law when they're told not to do something? Well, uh, your question answers itself. Uh, criminals, uh, by their nature and by definition, are criminals and do not follow the law. No matter how many uh, executive orders uh, the governor of New Mexico or Governor Gavin Newsom uh, or Governor Kathy Hochul may issue, uh, no matter how many laws the uh, legislatures of those or other states may pass uh, infringing the right to keep their arms, it will have absolutely zero, no effect on criminals. And yeah. that's a fundamental flaw in all of these things that they're doing. It harms law-abiding citizens. 
Bob, if I may jump in and just ask, what on earth do you think her motive is in suspending parts of the Constitution and claiming that the Constitution is not absolute in this pursuit of getting guns off the streets by banning where law-abiding, permit-carrying citizens are now banned from carrying them in large swathes of New Mexico? It's always difficult to get inside uh, the head of an idiot and figure out what it was that they were, that they were thinking. Uh, in this, and I don't use that term lightly. There are some governors uh, who are very smart, who know exactly what they're doing when they pass uh, gun legislation. Uh, in her case, I don't think she knows what she's doing. And not only is what she did with these executive orders, and also, by the way, the Secretary of Health for the state of New Mexico is complicit in this because he's the one that issued the actual action plan yep. implementing the actual restrictions under the governor's uh, emergency orders. But not only are the executive orders and the action plan clearly contrary to and violative of the Second Amendment, but they are also clearly violative of New Mexico's explicit constitutional guarantee in their state constitution. Right. So one has to presume that uh, she, she really didn't know what she was doing, although she may now that a court has stepped in and she's been sued several times already. These lawsuits are pending. But it's sort of the typical uh, response by a lot of government officials when they see an increase in criminals committing crimes with firearms, that it's easier to simply pass a law that affects everybody uh, than it is to actually go after, investigate, and prosecute the bad guys. So it's the, it's the easy way out for these people. We see it in all sorts of other government regulations as well. Just paint with a broad brush rather than do the hard work of going after the criminals. Well, Bob, let me follow up on that. I, I now live in North Carolina, a very red county, a uh, place called Trewan County, smallest county in, in North Carolina. We're very red. Uh, we have a little town called Edenton, which is blue, but the whole county is red with a little little uh, little dot of blue. And uh, I see around here on a typical basis people open carrying. And I can tell you for a fact that anywhere people are open carrying, and people, people are very polite. And while there is gun crime, it's mostly uh, related to youth, uh, youth who, uh, by the way, aren't supposed to have handguns to begin with. So any any additional restrictions on individuals regarding uh, prohibition of having weapons is irrelevant to those who are not supposed to have them but have them anyway. So this is my point. Uh, the law enforcement here, and I, I do, I actually I'm on the social services committee. I work with law enforcement, meeting with the, the, the local uh, chief deputy this Friday on, a, on some law enforcement issues. Uh, they, are, they are very targeted in enforcement. They don't go after uh, citizens who have the legal right to carry, but they recognize there are some communities within uh, the county who essentially teach their children to be essentially criminals. There's no amount of law that's going to stop these kids from carrying guns. So why, why Bob, does the left focus so hard on laws when they know that no law is going to stop criminal, criminal behavior? The, the essence of government generally, and our founders, uh, our framers knew this, and these liberal anti-gun governors and other legislators know this, and that is 
it's all about what I call the big C. It's about control. Yeah. What they want to do is yeah. they want to control people. Uh, and whether they do that through regulating commerce or regulating education or regulating firearms, that is a way to exert control over the populace. And our, our framers knew that, which is why they crafted into the Constitution, including, of course, as you know, the Bill of Rights just right. a couple of years later, uh, not only explicit guarantees that the right to keep and bear arms is not to be infringed, but a whole set of other provisions that limit uh, the abuse, the control that government can exert. It all depends, though, as all three of us here and your listeners know, on having an informed and invigorated and involved citizenry, which we don't have in a lot of these states now. Bob, I have to make the point, though. It seems to me like it's a political loser. Um, 35 years ago, there was only one state had constitutional carry. That was Vermont. We're now up to 27 states. Gun sales, there's been this big push. There was a big push under Bill Clinton. There was a push under Barack Obama. There's now a push under Joe Biden. And we're seeing gun sales, or at least background checks, averaging over a million a month. That is huge. And we know there's over 400 million firearms privately owned in this country. That also is huge. But we're now aware and have the facts to back up. Over 50% of households have guns in them. That means that it's automatically more than 50% of adults are okay and have access to guns. And despite this obvious majority, we see this constant push from these controlled people. You're right. I agree with you that that's the main motive. But it's got to be a political loser, a vote loser, doesn't it? It would seem to be. And today, uh, thanks to the efforts of uh, yourselves and people like uh, Marion Hammer, uh, who's been fighting for gun rights in Florida for well over 30 years now, thanks to the NRA, uh, for which I you know, now serve as the first vice president and other pro-Second Amendment groups, it's much different now than it used to be. But the Democrats generally, and left-wing Democrats in particular, still have uh, an ear... A, a, a desire to control people, and they will constantly do it. Just today, I think, or maybe yesterday, you might have seen this, Tony or Tim, uh, President Biden uh, has decided to uh, create a new uh, executive yes, office. Yes, I was going to bring this up, yes. Yeah. Uh, what better solution to a problem than to create another office, another bureaucracy, Yeah. Uh, to create an office within the White House on Firearms prevention, gun yep. violence prevention. Uh, California now recently uh, passed, and I think the governor has yet to sign a new tax on ammunition, uh, firearms, right. and firearms parts. Yep. The left knows that even though these laws are more than likely to be declared unconstitutional, while they are in effect, they limit what people can do, and they provide fodder for prosecutions and regulatory uh, regulatory action. So, but you know, Bob, what prosecution asking. is the is the big one there? We all know that felons are constantly being caught, and that is the one crime that gets plea bargained away. Right, is a felon in possession. Well, I, I want to hit that point, especially this office that's going to coordinate all these uh, quote unquote gun violent programs. Mike Bloomberg, Bob, as you know, has a lot of money to throw around. 
-hmm. and the left is very liberal about how they use these things. Uh, mothers against, um, uh, what is it? There's a whole range of these things. I know I, I'm blocked by Sharon Watts, I think, where she's blocked me long ago on Twitter because obviously they're insane and they have no interest in engaging in actual factual debate about these things. But that's my issue. Is To me, it's another Soviet-level office that's going to have not only government funding, Bob, which concerns me enough. Uh, obviously, we just crossed, at the time we're taping this, Bob, where your colleagues uh, are going to have to deal with the fact we just passed, your former colleagues are going to have to base that, that we just passed $33 trillion in debt. And I just, I, uh, so the very fact that so much money is spent by the government to suppress our own rights is to me unconscionable. And then you have the added aspect of these private citizens like Bloomberg who have uh, oodles and oodles uh, of, 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 of cash. Um, I would say, you know, Stormy Daniels had uh, had wet uh, ones available to her, but uh, Bloomberg has uh, wet bundles available to him coming from all unknown sources. But the idea is we have so much unlimited spending on their side that's why I think these guys could get away with so much, Bob. I mean, is there anything we can do to counter the fact that so much of this is, first off, illegally driven by the government? Government, The government, government should not tell us what kind of cars to drive, should not tell us what kind of stove to own. Nothing in the Constitution says that they have the right to tell me that my, my gas stove, which cooks just fine, is something that I need to have regulated by the government, nor do I believe the government should be telling me what kind of... Um, gun I can have or ammunition, taxing my ammunition simply because they don't like the fact that I'm a, a citizen invested in my own security. What can we do to counter some of these? Uh, I don't even know how to describe these 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 uh, witches brew of, of, of combinations between the government and private sector trying to suppress our rights, especially with people like Bloomberg. It's a real unholy alliance. Uh, we see it. Uh, well, let me all, let me first say that the left has become far more expert at using their money uh, yeah. than the uh, than the right and the Republicans oh, yeah. have. Oh yeah, uh, they are uh, focused. Uh, they are coordinated, uh, which is something that, uh, in most respects, Republicans and uh, conservatives are not. So you have people like Soros and Bloomberg who have, for all intents and purposes, unlimited funds. And they use it uh, for their uh, anti-Second Amendment activities, uh, both directly to fund groups like Every Town uh, and yeah. Brady and the Giffords uh, group out uh, out in Arizona, but they also use it indirectly. And this is something we've seen, and that the left has become very adept at in the last uh, two or three election cycles, to slip money to local races, local prosecutors, yes. county commissioners. Uh, sheriffs even, judges in local races, and they do it uh, by disguising the money and slipping it in through various organizations. It doesn't have their name on it. And that's why, uh, Tim, I, you, know, you might have been getting at this a few moments ago, uh, we're seeing uh, much of the criminal activity, even if it is caught, even if the perpetrators yeah. are caught and arrested, they're not prosecuted. Many, even if they are prosecuted, they are not kept in jail on bail, so they can commit additional uh, uh, additional offenses. And we have an opportunity, Tony, to get back to your, your question. There's a lot we can do. Uh, first of all, is to support uh, groups. Uh, you know, I put in a plug for my NRA, but 
There are other Second Amendment supporters right. out there. And we do it too. Right. Our these. group does it. Yeah. Uh, uh, they should uh, support candidates who are openly uh, understanding of and supportive of the Second Amendment, whether they're incumbents or challengers. We have an election cycle coming up next year that's extremely important. Uh, so, uh, and fundamentally, the citizenry people need to educate themselves as to what's going on. In your state of North Carolina, Tony, uh, until very recently, it was a real problem because local uh, sheriffs were simply refusing to to process paperwork. I know. For in individuals to be able to acquire firearms. So even though the citizens pass a law and governors sign laws, if it provides authority, if it gives power or empowers local officials to implement it and they just don't do it, uh, people have to not accept that. That's not a status quo right. that people have to accept. They need to fight it. Oh, well, speak, well uh, before, before I, let me jump into that, Tim, because I had yeah. the experience that when I moved down here, I had to go through, and I know the local sheriff, uh, uh, Base Knight, he's a good guy, and, but I had to do it. I had to go kiss the ring to get it done. But this is something I, I know uh, we're going to get in trouble for saying, but I got to say it. That was a remnant of Jim Crow, the idea that sheriffs could control individual uh, ownership down to that level. Uh, North Carolina, uh, like many other southern states, were essentially uh, derivative of the old South, the old... Uh, uh, by the way, we're having a Civil War monument fight uh, right now here in town, to move it or not. But the bottom line is most of the gun control laws were derivative of uh, Southern whites wanting to prevent gun ownership by blacks. That's where a lot of this came That's from. Correct. And so the idea, and by the way, it was so ironic, Bob, because the people most vigorously fighting against giving up the sheriff's right were black folks in the House saying that giving this up would be Jim Crow. What? I mean, it was mind-numbingly like, how do you not understand the history of control of, of how these sheriffs were given this authority by the state to prevent ownership of minorities? How do you not get this? Yet they're the ones now screaming out to keep it. It, 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 it got to that level of insanity here in this state. And it's like, I, I don't, I, I talk to folks on the left all the time. You know, I'm, you know, I'm friends with Dennis Kucinich and I'm friends with Tulsi Gabbard. And they've kind of had an awakening to recognize how crazy their side is. But think about that, Bob. You had individuals who were designed, uh, who, who had designed the laws to be restrictive to the minorities. And then the, the very minorities who were, were, prevented from owning are now calling for it to stay in place. It, it, it is like crazy. Well, it is. And uh, this goes back to uh, the point that I made a few minutes ago. People are to a larger extent than, than we need to, uh, than, than we need in this country, historically ignorant. Yes. They don't understand. Uh, not only do they not understand the basis of the second amendment, but the history of it. Now, luckily, the Supreme Court uh, last year in the Bruin decision out of New York uh, clarified to an extent, uh, but it wasn't as clear a decision as we would have liked to have seen. But that Bruin decision that uh, declared that uh, restrictions like New York's uh, longstanding Sullivan law that made it impossible for citizens to be able, in New York to be able to get a, a carry permit from their local officials was unconstitutional. Right. But uh, states like New York itself and other states 
have spent the last uh, 15 months since the Bruin decision in, I think it was June of, 23, of 19, uh, 2022, figuring out ways to get around it. Uh, and the Supreme Court will have to tackle this again. But even though we had the Bruin decision last year, we had the McDonald decision in 2010, we had the Heller decision in 2008, uh, these governors and state legislatures have so little respect for what the Supreme Court made clear oh, yeah. in those cases that they just basically are thumbing their nose at the Supreme Court. Uh, and this goes to another problem we have in society these days, and that is disrespect uh, for the institutions of government, including the courts. Yep. Bob, if I may, I'll jump in and just say I live in upstate New York, and um, I know exactly what you're talking about. New York has just brought in um, background checks for all ammunition purchases. So if I want to go and buy 10 rounds of 2-2 ammunition, I think, you know, a grand total of maybe 75 cents, I have to go through a $3 background check. Unbelievable. That, which is, you know, additional tax, additional time, and the system has collapsed because it's not set up to cope. So the instant background check system can't cope with it and is not, as we all know, an instant check system. I'd make one other comment as well, which is that a lot of my job with uh, with our group is very much along the lines of being data oriented. And I think you used almost, you came close to using the term irrational about the opposition, the gun control people. Um, rationality um, shows that if you follow the data, the 26 states that in the last 35 years have brought in concealed, uh, constitutional carry have not, as predicted by the gun control people, turned into bloodbaths. And interestingly, in 2019, here's a fact that people should just be aware of because it supports the case in all sorts of ways. Consti uh, justifiable homicides in 2019. The, the FBI data set shows that for the first time ever, there were more civilian justifiable homicides than by law enforcement. You think about the implications of that, what that's saying is that armed civilians, law-abiding civilians, stopped more crime than the police did. They certainly and, stopped and more violent crime. In the majority of those instances, the civilian, the armed civilian, did not have to use their firearm. Right. Simply have no, 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 these are what justifiable homicides. They oh, I'm did sorry, use I thought you were talking about those who prevented uh, criminal activity. No, well, that's a whole that, different category. That, that's, that's very a whole positive. different category. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about this. What may, is, this is a solid FBI fact in their data set that there are more civilian justifiable homicides than law enforcement. That's huge. Well, it is. Uh, and. and we had even back, uh, Tony, you may remember this, back when I was in the, uh, in the House and the Judiciary Committee, uh, we had uh, several hearings on uh, Virginia's uh, Project Exile, for example. Yeah, uh, putting, uh, I do remember that. Armed criminals away yeah. uh, by using the federal, uh, the federal laws uh, in coordination with them. We also had hearings on the number of times, uh, not reported by the mainstream media, that citizens uh, used firearms to prevent crime. Exactly. I apologize, Tim. I thought that's what you were saying. But, that's okay. Uh, both, uh, both instances, both examples are very important. Uh, the number of times 
per year, each year that citizens use firearms to prevent crime as well as uh, to protect themselves by the use of deadly force when necessary. That is justifiable homicide. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a, the spectrum of what we're talking about here for our actual policies that work. And the exile policy, Bob, you refer to that. It's not so, so strong in Virginia now. I don't think they've actually been able to kind of restructure it. But I do know uh, uh, I work for Sheriff David Decatur. David is the sheriff of, of Stafford County. I'm his Homeland Security Advisor. Mm-hmm. And Stafford County is a law and order county. They're just south of Quantico. And criminals don't want to stop there. As a matter of fact, it's well known. It's like you don't, you don't want, you don't get stopped there because you're going to be prosecuted. And Dave Decatur, God bless him, uh, when they had the uh, issues with uh, with Antifa, Antifa was doing protests in Fredericksburg. Uh, they started. Bob, you're familiar with the area, then you know they have that uh, that bridge that goes across Highway One. It comes across from Fredericksburg into into his county. And uh, you know what Dave Decatur did to tell him to to not come into his county. Any guesses? I'll leave you know, it to you. He, he, he put down tear gas across the bridge and said, you're not coming into my county. And he stopped them dead. And they never came into the county. So I'm just telling, but to my point I'm making here is that the be- one of the best deterrents from crime is preventing criminals from coming to your county. And if you have actually created a system where people are informed, trained, and equipped to handle themselves with weapons and you actually uh, 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 prosecute criminals who do act in in a felonious way, you can actually protect your citizens by the fact you create the perception. And as you know, Bob, perception is reality in many people's uh, minds. And if you you believe you're going to be prosecuted, bad things are going to come, come to you if you're a criminal, that's a preventative measure that most people should embrace, I think. So thank thank goodness uh, for sheriffs across this country. Uh, Sheriffs, uh, with very, very few exceptions, are elected by the people in their jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. They are not appointed by the local political authorities, such as mayors, city councils, or county commissions. And sheriffs, by and large, we see this in New Mexico, for example, sheriffs refusing uh, to enforce uh, the governor and the secretary of health's uh, draconian anti-Second Amendment uh, executive orders are refusing to enforce them. Uh, and the sheriffs, such as the one you mentioned in Stafford County and many other counties across this country, are actually working with the citizens, not Absolutely. against the citizens, to prevent crime. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've got to take a break. We're going to come up on part two and continue this conversation with uh, Bob Barr. The good Barr, uh, as, as some of the audience knows, I had my running with a guy named Bill Barr. Bill yelled at me and, and told me to give up one of the whistleblowers who actually had... Uh, witnessed uh, voter fraud, but that's a story for another day. So we're going to come back with the good bar, the the Bob bar, uh, and Tim Wilson and the rest of the team right after this break. We'll be right back. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. 
Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has. Creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. The pandemic may be over for some. But millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Hey, this is the Hard Truth, Tony Schaefer, part two, powered by Six Hour, Never Settle. I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried the best. The best of Six Hour, Never Settle. You should carry the same thing. We're on the America Out Loud podcast uh, network, as well as the Out Loud, Out Loud radio network. We're on both. And, of course, uh, projectsuccess.com.net. We're here for all of your informational needs. And, of course, before I, I go... I always do a shout out to our friend, uh, Cherie Curry, who does our bumper and theme. Uh, Cherie, we love you. Thanks for being on last week with us. It was a lot of fun. And we're going to roll right into this now with the rest of the team. We have uh, 
from the, uh, the gun control paradise of Hawaii, <laughs> the uh, the precocious Tanya Miller. We have the uh, the the Pippin, Tanya uh, Elizabeth Breckenkamp, fresh back from dancing in a disco in Tennessee. Right, that was. Uh, as part of the film. Oh, movie. the dance was in Baltimore. Baltimore. The Christmas movie was Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, it's for the, the new the new version of the Crow movie. Yeah. Ah. Where the so crow is like beating the crap out of people and we're dancing and you know, anyway. Well, who doesn't want to dance with a crow beating the crap out of people? I, I don't know who it was fun. That. And then of course the 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 uh the uh, pernicious no no <laughs> precocious the, the, the ever present Chris Cordani uh, running the boards, doing the time, doing the clock, and uh, obviously we're back with uh, with Tim Wilson, and his good teeth are, are showing through still, very shiny. Good good job, Tim, and uh, we're back. So Tanya, take take off. All so right, thank you, Bob, for um, per- participating in and joining Tony and us with the show on this hot topic. Um, our last episode, <laughs> I got a little hot under the collar, um, sharing how difficult it is as a Hawaii resident, especially. I gave the example as a single uh, female or uh, an example of somebody who maybe had um, treated for depression, uh, maybe um, post-traumatic stress disorder, which, you know, that affects many veterans, but also victims of sexual assault, uh, crime victims, things like that. Are you familiar with the Navy officer in Honolulu who had to hand over his weapons because he had said that, yes, he had been treated for um PTSD. It was Michael Santucci and O'Grady Beck uh, were the attorneys. And we actually, he actually won the lawsuit. So he, but he had to turn over Mm. his guns. And now we still have troublesome language. And this is what is concerning to Hawaii residents is that we have, we have to go seek out lawsuits on our own dime because we're getting set in the situation. So check this out. Mm. You guys were just talking about the attorney general. The attorney general's office noted that at least one of our state's major health care providers, they don't name which, recommends denial for nearly any mental health issue or treatment and does not provide denied applicants the means to get clearance, which is forcing them mm-hmm. to, <clears throat> excuse me, seek clearance from outside doctors. And um, then also the most common reason that firearm permits are denied are mental health issues. Um, so yeah, 37% and that was in 2020. And so, yeah, this is a case of Michael Santucci, Navy officer, if anybody wants to look into, it's a story on civilbeat.org. And it's pretty concerning because the language in the application, I just looked again last night, the language is still very, you have to, you have to spell out your symptoms if you've ever been treated. Mm. And I understand Mm -hmm. all that, but they are saying the language that they use is too difficult and they even had a psychiatrist saying we don't even use that language so really and this is what's most troublesome tell me what you think about the chief of police has the access you have to sign a waiver all your medical records that contribute to your treatment the chief of police it literally says that the chief of police whether if it's honolulu it's honolulu chief of police if it's maui it's maui's chief of police if you're submitting so how does this from my understanding, that that's a lot of scrutiny. It's the second A amendment, excuse me, and the 14th amendment that's being violated and a whole lot of other. Please tell me your thoughts on this issue. Uh, I certainly, uh, living in Hawaii is, I, let me put it this way. 
I would never live in Hawaii for the very reason that you indicated. One of the yep. reasons that I live in Georgia and have lived here for uh, over well over four decades uh, is because uh, we have uh, have had a succession of governors uh, who under Democrat and Republican who understand and support uh, the right of the citizens to keep and bear arms. Uh, I would not live in a state where that right has been so decimated, so limited that it has become next to worthless as it as it has been, as you described it in, in Hawaii. Uh, the reason that states are able to get away with this is many fold. First of all, of course, uh, people elect these people to uh, public office, uh, whether they are county commissioners, whether they are governors, state legislators, members of Congress or, or whatnot. So, you know, ultimately, it's the people that are to blame for, for electing and keeping these people in office. The courts are a problem. You know, thank goodness we have had, as you might have heard in the uh, first segment of the show, I mentioned the, you know, the uh, trilogy of Supreme Court cases going back to 2008 Keller case. And then uh, we had uh, McDonald in 2010 and most recently in 2022, the Bruin decision that have uh, uh provided uh, some support for the manner in which the Second Amendment was designed to, to, to operate. The operative uh, term, the operative word in the Second Amendment is not uh, firearms, it's not guns, it's people, the right of right. people. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of times uh, you know, people miss that. They think it's about guns. It's not. It's about right. a right of people. Uh, but the Supreme Court uh, has not yet done what I would like to see it do, and that is to declare once and for all that the right to keep their arms is a pre-existing privilege or immunity, that is a right that pre-exists the uh, formation of our country and the Constitution. It's a basic human right given to us by our Creator, and therefore uh, it uh, has and should have applicability everywhere in the country so you don't have a state like hawaii versus a state like like georgia uh part of the problem also tanya aside from that broader uh problem is the way different courts and different states deal with the issue of mental incompetency uh now granted the you know words in the federal uh, statute uh in title 18 uh that one of the prohibitions on uh, on firearms ownership uh, under federal law is that the person has been declared a mental incompetent. It's an old term, uh, but it also provides uh, a great deal of latitude for different uh, states to uh, and even mm -hmm. parties to interpret it very, very broadly. Mm -hmm. We need right. right. that by the courts. Yeah. It's that broad language that's very concerning for everybody. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, so, Bob, before before we let uh, Elizabeth answer ask her question, I got to ask you. I, you need to be straight up with us. We all know you you live in Georgia because you can have an opium speaking as uh, opium smoking bed in your office. I mean, come on, we we know this. I've seen it. I've I personally seen it. So, you know, that's why you live in Georgia, right? Well, it's it's in storage now. <laughs> big enough for it. But if you want to buy it, I'll sell it to you.
Well, good. Well, that's a great offer. We'll 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 throw some coin together. So, so but no, you know, but just on that point though. And by the way, Bob, I forgot to mention you ran for the for the presidency as the libertarian candidate a few years ago, right? We as I was one of your advisors. Yes, sir. So uh, another thing that Bob did. I forgot to mention that. All right. So oh, sorry, okay. let Elizabeth roll. No, that's on. okay. Go ahead. No, I, I Tanya makes so many great points. You know, it's it seems like it's state by state. You know, two uh, A rights and. Like you were saying, Bob, it would be nice if the Supreme Court would just state once and for all, unilaterally, that exactly what it says in the Constitution should be, you know, applied in every state, so that the governors don't have the power, the authority to do this. So I know, you know, lots of times we'll say, well, we need to hold the governor accountable, you know, Governor uh, Grisham for for making her her crazy. Um, new legislation and what's happening in Hawaii. But how? I mean, I'm thinking, yeah, we have to hold them accountable, but how? Do we have to like just constantly call them, write them, email them? Do we have to call our own representatives to have put pressure on our representatives to hold them accountable? I mean, and the other thing, of course, is votes. You know, votes have consequences. So we need to educate and inform people, which is one of the reasons why we do this show. We want to educate people and let people kind of see when you vote for someone who says uh, they're for gun control, you have to think about the logical consequences. If you vote for this person, they're going to try to take your rights away. So right. trying to educate people on why your votes matter. And so I'm going to kind of leave that open to you. <laughs> well, it's, if fundamentally, that is the way we, we solve these problems. It starts with educating people and particularly mm-hmm. voters with registering voters with getting voters out to uh, to the polls uh it uh, it includes nominating good candidates being involved in one uh, either the democrat or the republican party or the libertarian party whatever party it is that has the power in your state uh mm-hmm. to nominate and get people on the ballot uh, who understand and support the second amendment and who will do so openly not just you know in the privacy of an office but it also uh, requires uh, people to pay far closer attention to people that they elect to, to, to judicial offices. Right. Uh, those uh, largely are those that come on the state ballot at sort of the end of the ballot. People either forget about voting for them. They just want to vote for president, senator and member mm-hmm. of Congress. Right. Uh, and they forget about uh, those judgeships. Right. Uh, but that is ultimately and it shouldn't be this way we shouldn't have to turn to the courts to make sure that we have a constitutionally guaranteed god-given right but we do now because government has become so powerful uh we need to uh bring actions against these uh, government actors as soon as uh, govern uh, governor uh, i think it's uh was it lujan something or other grisham, grisham. grisham. In, uh, new mexico issued her two executive orders and secretary of health allen then uh, issued his action plan on september 8th i think it was uh oh. within uh, just a, a day i think uh actions were filed in court uh including one a couple of days later by the nra and uh at least part of her executive actions uh were halted uh people need to to not be afraid to go into court to seek injunctions to stop these things uh, because there are a lot of good groups out there, not just the NRA, primarily the NRA, but others as well, uh, that have the wherewithal that individuals don't have uh, 
to bring actions in court to stop these things. And there are, you know, every judge won't do it, but uh, there are enough judges out there uh, that understand these issues. And the left is very good at judge shopping. We need to do the same thing. So, yeah, on that line, Bob, the issue of how that all transpired and, and the response so far, the, the fact is that you had people like Newsom, who I think, had that been successful, were ready to, to pounce on it and expand it out rapidly. I think you would have seen California go with some emergency order. And that's my point. Uh, we can debate the, the, the legality all day, but when you have politicians who are willing to use laws, regulations, and policies, which are not designed to be a gun control tool. In this case, she was trying to use health, a health mm -hmm. emergency. And this is a danger of the administrative state. And, you know, I've, I asked Cherie Curry, and I'll ask you, you know, what, what's the greater, greater health risk? The governor reaching out with unwashed hands and grabbing male genitalia, which she did, or the fact that people aren't going to be following gun laws. I mean, which one is actually so? I would go, I think, the health issue obviously is her grabbing, but that's just me. But the point is, is that she used something that obtuse as a tool of control. And so right. and then she's she's weakened the ability of the state of North of, 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 uh, of uh, New Mexico now to actually invoke authorities when they need to on health issues that diminishes the whole system. Mm -hmm. Tony, it's like 1984. On, you put your finger on something extremely important that a lot of folks don't realize. And that is not only in New Mexico, but here in Georgia. And I suspect in every state of the union, because I've done some research on this, not recently, but I think that in every state, governors have enacted by legislatures and signed by various governors, emergency powers, uh, and in Georgia, for example, as in New Mexico, once a governor declares an emergency, and it's a very undefined or broadly defined term in the in the statutes, then they have at their in their quiver, so to speak, uh, arrows that they can use for virtually anything, including expressly firearms or gun control. Uh, People need to take a look at these emergency power statutes, as I say, that I think are uh, present in every state. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness in Georgia we have a governor that doesn't misuse that power. But we saw this uh, uh, in spades during COVID. Uh, the power to declare emergencies in these states was already on the books. Mm -hmm. uh, all they had to do was uh, flip to the right page. Uh, put that down in writing, and presto, they could take away people's civil liberties. Right. Mm -hmm. That's down. already happened here in Hawaii, too, okay. for yeah. sure. Let, let's not give Kathy Hochul and Phil Murphy any ideas, okay? <laughs> All right, let's, yeah. let's, let's not do yeah. that. Tony, it is that time, though. <laughs> yeah. Tony's takes. It is time for Tony's takes. By the is, way, uh, speaking of takes, I, I want to ask a question, Chris, regarding Hochul. Yes. Why does she look like the lead female actress in the movie Plan 9 from Outer Space? Google it. I mean, they, they, they are the wondering. same person. Well, you asked they me that the, the first person. time on Culture Wars. I, I looked it up. I and I, I, it was uncanny. Anybody who's listening, look it up. It is uncanny. <laughs> and that woman does not unclench her jaw. Plan 9 from yeah. outer space. It, it, it's, it's just, you know, they, they are the same person. They have to be the same person. You know, I don't know. Yeah, she talks with her jaw like, stuck That's together. Like yeah. this. Just like, yeah, just mm -hmm. like that. You know, oh. I'm, not saying, I'm not saying she's an alien. 
just for the audience to understand, I'm not accusing the governor of being an alien. Just alien like. Well, as, 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 as a citizen she's of like, New York, I find I find her closer to Janet from the Rocky Horror Show. All right, <laughs> that works. Uh, Susan Sarandon, the real <laughs> actress too. They're pretty close. Anyway. We'll get that another time. <laughs> Tony, uh, Tony's takes is powered by Sig Sauer. It never is settle. Never Tony, settle. You never settle. I never settle. But there is a settling going on. Ray Epps has been arrested. That sounds ah, like good news, but it's really. not. It was one what? misdemeanor, disorderly conduct out of the January 6th, mostly peaceful protest. I don't think people will read past the headlines on this, but there is an interesting headline. UPI actually listed Epps as a Trump supporter. Tony, what's your take? So uh, he was also indicted for removing uh, pepperoni from pizza in D.C. as well. They got him on a couple of big charges there. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they get him. I wouldn't be surprised if they get him uh, for uh, moping with intent to loiter. I mean, they really went after him. Possession That's of my an ugly point. Face? It's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. Ray Epps was one of the F. I'm yeah. look. I'm sorry. Yeah, I want to hear what you're what you really think because I'm wondering. Don't you think it's a cover, Tony? Don't, isn't it this is. a cover because it's a little slap on the wrist because the audience, perhaps. He was for the more audience involved. who follows me, I finally got Ray Epps to respond to me on Twitter, uh, and I was trolling him, trolling him hard. And the and, and the moment I got him to respond to basically say something like, "I, you know, I was I'm innocent," uh, I got suspended for permanently from Twitter. Although Elon brought me back, but I'm telling you, there was something about him being protected. I have no doubt at this point. The feds had so much heat on him. They had to do something like, oh, we can't get away with him having been the guy that actually breached the line on the 6th. We got to throw something in his way. So, you know, next thing you know, they're going to say he had, uh, had anchovy breath when they arrested him or something. Uh-huh. I, it's going to be totally yeah. ridiculous. So it really felt like a slap on the wrist to if to, to appease it people. It's to appease. Yeah. It is. Yes, look. And it's like mm-hmm. it's an embarrassing because given the length of the terms for everybody else and what they did or didn't do and what he did and what everyone has record and evidence of, and yet this is what it is. I'm it feels as if it's to say, yeah, but it really looks even more so to protecting. Right. So mm-hmm. Bob, mm-hmm. any 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 takes on Ray Ray Epps? I mean he was on the FBI's top uh, top ten most wanted, and all of a sudden he's like a saint. I don't know how that works. So well, I I think President Clinton. Ha- I'm sorry, you mentioned uh, Clinton earlier. President <laughs> Biden. Uh, They're the same person. He uh, decided now to create something that will solve all of these problems. We will now have a climate core. Ooh. Oh yeah! Oh, oh, no. well, an inflection under, under the umbrella of AmeriCorps. Oh, yeah, we've done such wonderful things for our country. We're now going to have the Climate Corps out there. They want to get twenty thousand people up and running in support of this. The Climate <laughs> Police within the first year, uh, and I'm sure that uh, one of the first that they'll uh, sign up will be Ray Epps. Ray Epps and Al Gore on the trail together. What a what a duo! I mean, that's like oh, Batman wow. and Robin. That's that's like, uh, boy, that's gold. Hey, By the way, Bob, I don't know, you us, probably didn't send, know this. We can but, offer to send um, them to Iran. Well, we can do that. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I don't know if you knew this, Bob. I've got a degree in environmental studies, and I, I this is a topic that we should talk about more if we'll have you back, because uh, I don't know. I always I've, I asked Cherie this last week, too. Do you know how many planets there are on the uh, Do you know how many trees there are on the planet right moment, this moment we're speaking right now? How many trees there trees, are? Trees, 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 <laughs> trees, trees, T-R-E-E-S. Do you know how many trees there are? You want to make a, you want to make a stab? 
You mean I know many, I'm giving I'm giving you all these hard questions today. How many, so. how many trillions? I, the tri- well, you, like Georgia, Cherie, like you, you and Cherie got it within an order of magnitude. There's 3.04 trillion trees. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much carbon a typical tree consumes over a year? How much carbon they consume? Yeah, to process for, for purposes of creating oxygen. Uh, I'm sure that the climate core will tell me, but... Well, the, the answer is 48 pounds. So if you multiply 48 <laughs> pounds point to, to 3.04 trillion, we don't have a carbon problem. We have a problem that does not exist. Carbon simply is plant food. And the idea that we're now making carbon an enemy is insane. Uh, and it turns out uh, one of the things we've noticed that uh, that fossil fuel is not fossil fuel. The earth actually regenerates through the hydro, the processing of hydrocarbons, fossil fuel. It is not. It is a renewable process. They've been suppressing studies which showed that the abandoned uh, uh, wells in western Pennsylvania were somehow magically refilled when they started going through and, and pulling out oils. Like, how'd that happen? Well, because it, it regenerates. So my point being is that this this whole green energy, this energy crisis is another uh, inflection point. Is that the right term, Chris? Inflection, oh, point. inflection point. For, for, right. for, the, for the insertion of Marxism within our society, within the It's United all about States. control, Tony. It's <laughs> all about control, absolutely. I really right, think they use... I really think they use George Orwell's 1984 as their playbook. They just read yep. through it. It's like, oh, this is what we do. And then this yeah. is what we do. And, and the concern is Hawaii is, is the test ground. They're testing the ground. They, got oh. the, they already got the climate yeah. stuff. They're the, the smart cities, the, the control, the emergency use, all that. So, yep. Yeah. Here's Chris, another one. Here's another one last one. One, one more. Tony's ticks. The U.S. Right. Senate has officially dumbed down its dress code to allow Senator <laughs> John Fetterman to wear his hoodie sweatshirt and shorts. Now, McDonald's, as a friend of mine put it, has a stricter dress code than the Senate floor. What's next? Maisie Hirono in a tube top? Mitch McConnell in a leisure suit? Cory Booker in a clown costume? Well, the answer is they want to have surgical gowns available for all members in case the the seniors level guys pass out and need surgery right on the spot. So that's why they do it. I mean, come on. Who, who doesn't want to see Mitch McConnell running around with his back open in the Senate? I mean, come on. Who doesn't want to see that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> like Jack Nicholson. That movie. Jack Nicholson. Oh, Here's no, it's just more, it's removing professionalism. It's remove. it's the, the yeah. prof- you know, the decorum, um, right. um, getting down to business, um, expectations when you come and you're dressed professionally. Right. When people start dressing down, it's sort of like when it's an expect, it just depends like this. Yeah. When you're doing it here, now who's going to follow suit? And then youth are going to. Yeah, yeah I mean, what what are we teaching? Lowered expectations. Exactly. Is it because Fetterman can't find a suit that fits him? Same as education. <laughs> no, this is lower don't, all the expectations. Don't you think there's a great opportunity here, though, for us to actually be able to sort out which senators from now on will support by their sartorial standards? Those that continue to wear a jacket and tie, I'm going to be in favor of. Yeah, I'll go with that. I'd be embarrassed. And I don't care which party they are. Right. I like the idea of Maisie Hirono actually running around, you know, in surfboard. Oh, I don't know what's wrong with that. I, I think, you know, she should. No, but she did use the the yeah, but- um, health issue like the other uh, New Mexico. She used that health issue when uh, parents were talking about the um, uh, the very really graphic things in our children's books at school yeah. with the, the sex ed yeah. stuff and leading into LGBTQ plus. She invoked how and. In, Instead of that being dangerous to our youth, they were ta- parents are talking about that being dangerous oh, yeah. to our youth. 
she invoked, oh, well, guns are more of a problem. And it's like, no, no, no. we can't talk about this issue right no. here. She's no. invoking it and she's no. addressed. Right. She's linking those issues to health. We could, get into that. we could go down that path because right now, California is a battleground for parental rights. I was actually listening to NPR today, yep. driving back. My, my truck had a nail in it. I was looking, I listened to the NP, NPR because, man, it's like. You ever watch uh, Portlandia? It's like yes. man, Portlandia is, is a NPR. It's like, oh my God, these people live in. And they, but they were bemoaning yeah. the fact that 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 parents have no rights. That's the left's posit. We should have a whole show on that, but we don't have time. Mm-hmm. It's time to wrap it up. Bob, Bob Bar, the good bar, uh, not the bad bar. Yay. Which uh, you know, Bob, Bob, thank you for being here today on the Hard yep. Truth. Thanks, Bob. Great uh, being here. But we'd like to have you back if you uh, would come back and talk about uh, the climate uh, emergency. Uh, because, you know, uh, apparently our pants are all on fire. We just don't know it because apparently, they, you know, everything is hot, you know, and, uh, and all that. So, but uh, we'd like to have you back at some point if you come back. I think we'd uh, continue to have fruitful and, and honest discussions for our audience to learn from. So anyway, that's it for, uh, for the crew, from the crew. Thank you all for joining us for The Hard Truth this week. We'll see you again next week. Thanks for being here and see you soon.